Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery and addiction topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The views expressed here are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. sort of. I'm going to kick it off talking a little bit about um, some anxiety and some issues I struggle with around anxiety, learning kind of what that is and and how it affects me in my daily life. Um, most recently, we took a trip up to Massachusetts to visit. My stepdaughter lives up there, and we went up there to spend Thanksgiving. And during the trip, I realized uh, we didn't really have a heavily scheduled itinerary or anything. It was just kind of go up and spend time together hanging out. Uh, We got to stay in this hotel resort thing and we had, you know, puzzles and games and, you know, they have a pool and stuff there and we figured we'd just chill out and kind of have easy, relaxing days. And what I noticed for me um, is that having unplanned or unscheduled time um, is just uncomfortable and I start sitting in my head thinking what I could be doing, what I should be doing, um, what I don't want to do, and and creates a lot of anxiety. And so, you know, with my family, the way that comes off is I'm irritable and annoyed and uh, don't want to be around them, which half the time in those situations is true. That is how I'm feeling in the moment. I just want to be left alone. I don't want to do anything, and I want everyone not to talk to me which is a really difficult place to be when you're stuck in a hotel room with five other people (laughs) Um, on a family vacation. Um, So I try the best that I can not to sort of give into it. Um, What I found this trip is I took a couple opportunities to just sneak off down to the exercise room. They have an exercise room with weights and stuff. And I said, I'll just go down there and kind of work out and try to just burn off some of that anxiety. Um, But for me, that's kind of a new realization, I would say, within the last year or two that I struggle with anxiety. I never really quite understood what that was. Um, I do know, I used to just realize that I thought a lot about things and that my head kind of went in 57 directions and that, you know, it kind of everything felt like a fire drill all the time when any sort of minor issues came up. It's like a fire drill in my head of like, what are we going to do and how are we going to fix it? What do we got? And uh, I just thought that was, you know, again, that was normal to me. So I thought that was kind of normal. And as I've been in recovery, I've learned that's not really that normal. And um, there's some things that I've learned to do about them. Uh, One of them that helps a lot is meditation Um, I believe exercise helps a lot as well. Just helps me to burn off some of that, whatever excess mental energy. Um, but it's a, something that I've struggled with. And so this trip, you know, and I think it has a lot to do with the amount of meditating I've been doing lately. This trip, I really tried to sit with those feelings. Like when I was feeling like, um, annoyed and irritable and angry for 
in essence, no reason whatsoever. Um, what is, you know, why do I feel that way and what's going on and, and try to sit and be present in that anger and annoyance to find out sort of the causes of it. And so that's a side benefit of meditation. One of the things I've learned from meditation to do is kind of sit with those uncomfortable feelings and, and feel them and look at them and recognize them and be like, yeah, this is what I'm feeling and that's okay. Um, and in that, I learned that I should still just plan myself itineraries for things, even if they're rough. And now the trick is I have to be flexible and they have to be a little bit up in the air, but just to have a plan, even if it's just for myself of what I'm going to do with my day, what my next thing's going to be, what my, you know, what, what my plan is for that day. Um, so that I don't get stuck in those situations. Oh man. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I want to completely disagree and tell you I'm nothing like that at all. But if you talk to my wife, that is probably exactly how I am. Um, I do struggle. I like to plan things out. I feel more comfortable and safe when it's planned out. I feel like it's taken care of. It's accounted for. Again, the problem being with that, I don't do well when it doesn't go according to plan. Like the plan's only great as long as the plan's rolling. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I have been, you know... I. So I don't like to say I have anxiety either, though. It's very obvious through most of my life what it looked like. It was uh, a fear of trying anything new. It was a fear like I didn't want to go to uh, a theme park that I'd never been to because I might not know where you go to get tickets and I don't want to ask. And it Mm -hmm. just seemed overwhelming. And so I couldn't do it. I would never go there. Right. It was restricted and limited to things I had done in my life and accomplished well. And that's the only things I could repeat. Um. My wife and I used to try to go out to dinner and we would we would get in like vicious arguments on the way to the place to eat because I was terrified that there wouldn't be something on the menu I liked. Like Mm -hmm. this is the you know, so that's what I see my anxiety. And I'm like, well, I don't fucking live like that anymore. (laughs) I don't know. I don't have anxiety. Right. And that's just not the case. I, I think I still do. I do still have a shit ton of thoughts going on at all times. I, I joke with my family because my five-year-old doesn't shut the fuck up ever. Um, and I joke that like there's already 16 voices in my head and his is just one too fucking many for me, right? He, he drives me crazy. It's very difficult <laughs> for me to sit and just listen to him nonstop talk for like half an hour. Maybe he just reminds me of my anxiety because he doesn't <laughs> stop. I don't know, but um, it, it's overwhelming. Uh, I know right now I'm going through like extra. So I, I smoked for 20 years and then i i quit that uh like four and a half years ago uh by vaping and now i just quit vaping two days ago and i so like 25 years of having something to do regularly to kind of calm myself and i don't fucking have that now and i'm like going out if i wasn't going bald i would be from pulling my hair out for sure like it's it's brutal man um i'm used to having that comfort and i'm and i'm saying things like life's just miserable without that. Like what the fuck? Why do I want to keep doing this dumb shit if I don't get to, you know, have a little fun and I enjoyed it. And, and like, uh, I mean, there might be some truth to that, to some of those things, but I don't like, why the fuck do I need that to be okay? Right. And that's where I keep coming to. Why is life not okay? If I can't vape or smoke or something like, why can't it just be okay? And so I've been feeling some extra anxiety lately and irritability and, and annoyance and disconnection from my family through all that. And, and just want to, I don't, I don't, 
don't know. I probably shouldn't say what I really want to do <laughs> to them all. Um, but yeah, so I, I get just sitting still is tough, man. I've been sitting in my house for the last couple of days because it's been this Thanksgiving break type time and not a whole lot of agenda and bored out of my fucking mind and, and not vaping and, and, you know, I eat and then I'm like, well, what do I do now? Well, I vape. Well, I don't vape now. So now I guess I fucking eat again. I don't know. Like I just don't stop eating and I am want to yell at people and get angry. And then I voice my opinion. And they're like, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I'm like, well, fuck you too. Cause that's basically all you just said. You invalidated what I said. So I, uh, I'm with you. I, I struggle with the anxiety and I don't know the great idea because when I make plans, I get mad if they're not, if they don't go that way. Yeah. And what's interesting. So putting a couple pieces together, you know, for myself over this past couple of days. Um, so my daughter has a, a disability called Prader-Willi syndrome. It's a rare genetic disorder. It affects her brain in a couple of different ways. But one of those is um, this inability to sort of abstract think. And, and there's some, she has a lot of anxiety around uh, food and meals and planning and impulse control and things like that. So a big part of her treatment, um, a big part of, you know, her daily uh, life is very regimented routines. We eat at this time and this is the meal that we're going to have. Like those things are posted, you know, at her house where she's at, like all those things are planned out well in advance. So she knows, and there's a schedule. And when she lived at home with us when she was younger, these are some tools that they taught us. Like you would, everything would be planned out so that it would help her with that anxiety. If she wanted to know what we were going to have for dinner was already posted on the refrigerator. That's what it was for that week. And the schedule, the way they had us do a schedule, it was, it was always meant to be uh, a rough type schedule. Like it wasn't supposed to be completely regimented down to the minute, but it was the order of things like this is the order that the day's going to go. We're going to do, you know, breakfast and then this and then this and then, you know, school. And then, you know, when we come home from school, it's going to be this and then exercise and then dinner. And it went in that order all the time. And, you know, so remembering all those things and when she lived with us and the way she is when she's up there in her program um, and being up there around, it was like, wow, like, I think I need that. And I've always jokingly, I've always said to my wife, like, I am, I do way better with a schedule and a routine than not. Like, you know, for me, I'm, I'm better when I get up like the same time, seven days a week, just get up at the same time, go to bed at the same time, you know, and, and do those sort of routine, uh, regular routine things. I just function better that way. Mentally, I feel sharper that way. Um, so I know that's a thing about myself and, you know, we're joking. I, I always, feel like to myself I'm uh, like that character from South Park Tweak who's always like amped up on coffee you know and wants to go 27 places it's like if I don't have that you know routine or that schedule sort of in my head of what I'm doing next like I want to run around and chase my tail in circles you know half the time or I can't focus on what I really want to do because I'm not sure if that's the best or rightest thing to be doing in that moment right. um, and so I'm trying to you know, and this is all for myself. It's sort of new reflections. Um, I was talking with my wife a little bit about it on our ride and, and we were 
sort of talking about, you know, well, what do you, what do you do with that? You know? So, okay. So you have anxiety. There's different things you can do. Obviously the big thing now that you hear everywhere is, you know, marijuana maintenance and THC and it's great for PTSD and, you know, anxiety and depression and all pain and everything else. It's the wonder drug of the 21st century, I guess. Right. Um, but uh, like for me, like as a person in recovery, I don't, that's not an option, at least for me right now. Um, I'm going to say no, (laughs) you know, that that's not something I want to consider. I don't feel like a, I don't feel like my anxiety is that bad. And B that's a pretty, for me, pretty heavy mind changing, uh, mood altering substance that I can't mess around with. You know, my history is that, you know, that one is too many, a thousand's never enough mentality. And I don't, I don't want to even go down that road. It's, it's not worth it at this point. Um, so for me that that's out, um, there's the CBD, I guess is the other step down from that where you don't have the psychoactive component or you can get it without the psychoactive component. I told her I may take a little bit of time to look into that a little bit just to do my own sort of research and see what I think and what, kind of stuff is out there because now you know obviously cbd is everywhere it's in coffee and food and supplements and you know just it's this a miracle amazing thing you know which again i'm sure it's not um i have nothing against it whatever i love marijuana and thc and all that you know (laughs) that's my problem is that i love it too much (laughs) and then if i'm like oh well now i'm allowed to smoke weed then i'll just be high all the time and you know back again in my addiction um, you know, for a while. So I had been on heroin for a number of years and I got off heroin and just said, well, I'll just drink and smoke pot. And I did that for another four years, um, and stayed off of heroin. And my life was just as crazy and unmanageable on drinking and smoking pot because every day that I woke up, I had to get high and be high until I went to bed at night. And that's how I functioned through every moment of every day. Sounds like my vaping. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I, that's my track record with that. So that's not, you know, something for me that, that is a good option to explore, but, and I didn't have, I don't know. uh, It, it's not something I want to check out, but the M I mean, the uh, CBD oil could be interesting. Um, But I tend to go back to, I think most of the time there's more natural, uh, maybe taking a little more work uh, remedies, but things like my, you know, making sure I'm meditating on a regular basis. And and if I treated, you know, meditation like it was medication, would I do it more? You know, right now it's sort of this thing that's like an optional thing that I just do for some whatever kind of benefits. And maybe my approach needs to be more of a, Hey, this is really like a quote unquote medical necessity for me to meditate. Like it isn't, it shouldn't be considered like an optional supplement to my day. Mm. It should be like, this is like medication that I should be taking for myself every day. And uh, if I took that approach with meditation and, and, you know, exercise and really made those things like, Hey, these are like, for me dealing with, anxiety, critical, not, you know, optional things that are like just to enhance my life, but really things that I need to mentally be well. Um, Maybe that's an approach I need to sort of start taking to those activities. Hmm. 
I mean, that could definitely make them seem a little more important if we looked at them like a medicine. You know, I wouldn't uh, at times when I was really struggling in my life, maybe with a depression and I ended up on an antidepressant, I didn't feel like it was optional whether I needed to take that on a, any given day. Like it was Wednesday. I better fucking take it. Right. I mean, it wasn't going to mess me. Of course, it's slow acting. It wasn't going to do it. But similar principle. It wasn't right. optional for me. Um, you brought up so many different things. Uh trying to touch on each one um you talked about the marijuana which in general i don't have any particular issue with like i don't i don't think it's for me um i don't know that it's like hey this is great medicine versus hey this makes it easier to deal with life like i agree with <laughs> yeah, that right i'm not i'm not arguing the yeah. benefits of it in that sense i definitely didn't want to punch everyone in the face walking around when i was smoking right, weed all the yeah. time <laughs> it's, it's very stress relieving it's very relaxing like I, I give it that i don't know that it's necessarily the greatest way for me to get there and if people want to do it that's look i'll say this if alcohol is legal weed should definitely be fucking <laughs> yeah, legal, right. right like just looking at those two compared to each other yeah. that's the, the most ridiculous thing um but yeah i would agree weed's not the answer for me i don't believe um the cbd oil which is you know mark marketed as the wonder drug like every new drug ever is I, obviously i'm not gonna fall into believing that it's gonna be that wonderful um does it do anything possibly is it gonna really fix me i doubt it like nothing is um uh, you talked about like there being a natural way versus a, a biological way i so this is a tough one right because there's actually a third uh part of that too that could be possible so there's there's that there could be a harder, more difficult, natural way to, to deal with these things that most of us don't want. We want, you know, the pill band-aid form that's easier. There could be that there is no natural, better way to deal with it. And we just are stuck taking the biological solution. And then there's also this other possibility that comes to me frequently that I like to think that sometimes we're given things for a fucking reason, right? <laughs> like, this anxiety keeps me away from the cliff and I don't jump off and die or fall off and die. Right. Like I, I find purpose for the things that I'm given and is it always fun to live with? No, it fucking sucks. Right. And <clears throat> I do seek ways to try to tolerate it and manage it better. But I, I always question, am I treating the very thing I'm supposed to have? Right. Is this anxiety supposed to be the thing that helps me create the, you know, crazy shelter in the basement of my house where I end up actually surviving, a, you know, <laughs> right. a war because I right. was anxious. Like I, what, a, one of my clients said this the other day and it was like the perfect thing. It was, what if I, I worry that if I didn't worry, I should have worried. And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, you've got it. You pinned it down perfectly. That's exactly what I think. And so I, I struggle with that. Like, am I supposed to treat it? Am I supposed to be this way for a reason? Am I supposed to be bored so that I invent something useful? Like, I don't know. Maybe anxiety is leading me somewhere. Yeah. And I, I know we, so in recovery a lot, we talk about fear and, you know, how we should have all this courage and, you know, fear is this horrible thing that holds us back from life. And I always think the same thing about fear. I'm like, well, it's got some really good characteristics, <laughs> yes. you know, to it that, you know, sometimes fear is a really, you know, thing that will save me from either myself or other people. You know, if, if I start to trust um, 
after some time in recovery, I learned to trust some of those instincts and some of those fears as being healthy. Yeah. Um, and it's not all bad all the time. Um, I think for myself, where the anxiety part starts to get to be problematic is like, say, we're just all chilling out, relaxing at a hotel, and I want to yell and scream at all my family to get away from me and leave me alone. Or I just want to walk out and leave and just go spend a bunch of time by myself. Um, which again, it, spending time by myself isn't always horrible. Um, obviously I can do that in little bits and pieces. I like went off to exercise or whatever by myself more or less. But what I found was even that wasn't seeming like it was enough. Like I wanted to be isolated and alone by myself for what wanted to be days <laughs> and you know that's where it's like wow maybe this is more than just like hey i'm a little anxious here you know and right. and recognizing like what is a healthy level of anxiety obviously we're all going to have a little bit of anxiety you know when there's a or i would think it's normal to have some anxiety when there's some you know uncomfortable issue at work or whatever you know dealing with your kids school or you know you're gonna have a little anxiety in some situations um but it's funny it's like you said where where it paralyzes me into a place of even now still with directions a lot of times like i do not want to ask people for directions and and the fear isn't that i don't know what i'm talking about for me the fear around like say directions is that i'm going to go into a place and i'm going to let them know That I am vulnerable and weak and like I don't know where I'm at and I don't know where I'm going and then they're going to be able to take advantage of me because I put myself into this weak place, you know, and and that's what I think a lot. It's like I can't let all these people know that I don't know where the fuck that I'm at. Like that's that's scary. That's overwhelmingly scary for me a lot of times. Um, So I think when it it's like the character defects, you know, um, in recovery is sort of a lot of my character defects come from overblown assets. Um, this is the same kind of thing, like some anxiety and some fear and some of that's good, but when it becomes overblown, it becomes a defect. I'm still trying to picture what these situations are and I'm not trying to minimize (laughs) what you're going through, but I was relating it to what I was thinking about struggling to go and ask people for directions. And I was like, I was thinking about, I think going to a theme park like Hershey Park, and I was like, "What is the Hershey Kiss gonna, gonna take advantage of me?" Like, could you put that in context? Like, where were you thinking about asking for directions where they might have took advantage of you? Oh, so well, anywhere for one. Most of the time, it's when we get into like getting into a city that I'm not really familiar with, or you know, going places like that. Um, the other thing is, I, I've learned to recognize that most of that shit isn't even really. Like it's totally impractical and it's totally irrational thought, but it's like trying to explain to my wife, like just because I know it's irrational doesn't, that doesn't just make it go away. That doesn't just fix it. It's still there and it's still real and it's still, you know, can be overwhelming. Um, I can fake my way through it a lot of times. I think socially I deal with it pretty well, Um, but it doesn't stop the anxiety from being there. Um, Yeah, for us especially. So we did our traveling around the country. We went to tons of areas where we had no idea where we were, what we were doing, where we were trying to get, you know, like we were everywhere we went was new. So it was sort of a constant 
you know, trying to figure out where we were going or what we were trying to find. You know, the funny thing is uh, I will avoid most of that anxiety by just using Google. But when I really think about it, I should probably have much more anxiety trusting Google to do all this thinking <laughs> right. for me. Like it could easily right. tell me, hey, turn left, drive off this cliff. I wouldn't know the fuck. I'm sure left I go. Right. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, the other side of that with when you're driving in a big camper. So we were in a full size pickup truck towing mm. a 40 foot camper, right. you know, in a city like you. There's certain fucking areas you can't get out of you know like you can literally get yourself stuck you know not being able to get under a low bridge or you know and we've had those situations too you know of where you're going down a road and all of a sudden you see underpass eight foot seven and we were 14 feet you know 13 six anyway and you know so you're like fuck we can't go that way and google isn't the best at rerouting for campers and you know, just, yeah, it doesn't have that mode. Yet, <laughs> yeah, does it? Right. And there is other software you can use for that. We had some other software, but even that shit, it's not always right. It's huh. sometimes it's wrong. And, and you know, it tried to take us, we were out in Utah. So we're out in the middle of Utah. We're in the kind of middle of no man's land and the GPS. And this is a, you know, camper RV, GPS and it wants to turn us onto this dirt road through this national park land. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. The mapping thing. And my wife actually was like, no way we are not going (laughs) on that road with this camper. Like we're going to fucking get stuck somewhere in the middle of the desert. You know, we're not going that way. And we argued about it. We actually got in an argument because the way around was an hour, something longer. Like it was that much of a shortcut. And so I was like, well, we ju- we just got to take that way. Like, that's the fucking way that the thing says. I'm going to trust this technology that it knows. And she said, no way. We're not doing it. And so we didn't. I gave in. Um, and uh, smartest decision I ever made, actually, when we got around and talked to some other people about that road, they're like, oh, no, you would have never made it with your <laughs> camper up that road. Like, people can't even, they get stuck in cars and shit. Like, wow. you need, like, either a Jeep or at least a 4 by 4 truck and even then it's like these hairpin turns and you know, it's just like you would have been totally fucked. And then we wouldn't have been able to turn around cause there's, you know, you can't right. turn around a four foot, I mean a 40 foot camper in a eight foot wide road like that ain't happening. So um, it was a good thing I listened to her, but you know, yeah, just getting in situations where I don't, I'm not prepared or I don't know the answers or I got to, ask for help is like that's overwhelming to my anxiety a lot of times uh one of the other things that kind of came up when you were talking about the different methods of treatment for anxiety and how you sort of attack yours you know more regularly with meditation or excuse me with trying to burn it off at the gym because it isn't form of energy you know um and that comes into a lot of like if you go to therapy right there's sort of the the theory of cognitive behavioral therapy uh, versus, you know, more of a dealing with your inner child and feelings from your childhood, right? And so the CBT type thing will will give you good coping skills for how to deal with it today, right? Coping skills that can possibly help you alleviate some of the anxiety you're going to feel coming up. Um, coping skills for after you start feeling it, things to do to lessen it. And I, I like I like that idea. It's good to have a few of those. But at the same time, I, I kind of wonder if 
I don't think I'm ever going to learn enough coping skills where that underlying stuff from my childhood is just gone, right? Like, I think that's always going to be there driving me, guiding me, uh, you know, telling me sort of how my life is going to go. And I don't think that goes away just because I learned some coping skills. The coping skills can minimize the effect of it in the moment, but I really personally believe I need to go back and deal with some of those things in order for them to be alleviated altogether. And I don't know, you know, if that's real, if that's just some shit that I come up with because I believe in therapy or, (laughs) or what, but I believe that, like, I don't think that just coping with it today is great. I think dealing with it so that it doesn't really exist. It's almost like back to the future. Like I can go back and change some of that past through talking that allows it to not really be here in the present. Yeah. And I've found actually in a, a thing that helps me a lot in a skill I learned in recovery is just talking about it out loud sometimes, you know, helps yeah. uh, saying some of the stuff that I'm thinking or what's going through my head in those situations. You know, again, those those voices in my head make all the sense in the world and they seem so rational and logical and, and they seem so, you know, intuitive. Um, but then you say them out loud and you think, wow, that doesn't like it, it sounds so much different when I say it out loud. And sometimes just talking about it and recognizing like, oh, yeah, this is what this is. <laughs> like, right. It takes a little bit of the power away from it. Um, but in the moment, it still can be pretty overwhelming, um, which is maybe where some sort of, I'll say, substance or chemical medical uh, assistance could help. Right. Um I find it is way less, uh, it affects me way less now in my life than it did when I was younger or earlier in recovery. And I don't know if that's because coping skills or just I've gotten older or um, because I wouldn't like say until about a year or two ago, I would have never said that I had anxiety. Like I didn't even recognize Mm. that that's what it was. (laughs) <laughs> right. I, so they have anxiety medicine that I'm just not a big fan of. I've never taken it personally myself, but I, I don't like the idea of it. But I, I do wish they had more of like a almost like a like if you have a sore throat, they have a throat spray. I wish they had like an anxiety spray, like a <laughs> yeah. short lasting like just right. for in the moment. Hey, I, let me spray myself real quick. It'll last five minutes and then I'll calm down and things will be great. Um, all right. Well, it's, uh, it's, it looks like we're going to pause for, you know, our advertisement here and then we will be back. This episode has been brought to you by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit grassroots recovery community organization located in Maryland. Voices of Hope is made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity and respect of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopececilmd.org and consider donating to our cause. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, so we're back from the break, uh, sticking kind of along the lines of uh, anxiety and 
to tie back into the vaping or smoking right. uh, with my wife when she's struggled and she still vapes now. But over the years, I've tried to get her to quit smoking. Um, sometimes, you know, forcefully, if they're like fighting and arguing with her about it. Um, but anyway, some of the conversations, she used to say a lot of the same things that you had said about, you know, that's her coping mechanism to deal with anxiety and stress and, you know, whatever. Um, what I had always read or, you know, researched about, um, that nicotine addiction was that it actually creates some of that anxiety (laughs) that you feel like it, it's like the hook that it gets you. It's like once you're hooked in when you don't have it that's all that stirs up all that anxiety and that part of the addiction is the need for that relief from that anxiety. Um, but it was interesting, you know, she still vapes. We've been trying to talk her into it. I think the kids were a little more successful in pressuring her into quitting than I was. And I had nothing to do with that. I never, you know, told them to pressure her to quit. I, of course, made my subtle, smart-ass comments when they were available. There was just envelopes with $100 bills left under their pillows. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, that's the messaging I guess they get in public now from school or other people or, you know. Plus, we watched my mom smoked her whole life and got COPD and continued to smoke and, you know, the grandkids all watch their grandmother, in essence, smoke herself literally to death. Right. Um, and, you know, I tried to just point that out to them, not in a bad way, but as they were younger, like, hey, don't smoke cigarettes. That's kind of what happens. You mm. know, you, it, it messes with your health. Um, I smoked for a long time. I actually quit smoking before I quit using, which is odd, but... I went through a thing. So, yeah. so the end of my using was crazy as most people's is. And it wasn't all this overly traumatic stuff that most people go through. Like my bottom was just totally weird. Um, so I had been hooked on heroin for years. I went to jail. And so I'd convinced myself when I was in jail, I was there for like eight months. I said, well, when I get out, I'm, I'm not going to do heroin or any hard drugs anymore. Like that's my problem. It's heroin, cocaine. It's all these heavy drugs. And at that time, I was 20, I think 22 or 23. I can't remember. Um, But I was 20-something. It was legal to drink. So I was like, I'll just drink and smoke pot, you know, even though that wasn't legal then, but whatever. And what I found was, like, say, even doing those things, I couldn't manage well. And I always smoked like a crazy addict. I smoked probably two packs a day, if not more. Um, But I got to a point where I'm like, all right fuck it on sheer willpower i'm gonna quit everything i'm gonna quit drinking i'm gonna quit smoking i'm gonna quit you know cigarettes everything i'm gonna start going to the gym and eating healthy and uh i did that for about three months just cold turkey fucking completely everything um did that for three months and then it was preakness came to baltimore and a bunch of my friends were going down to preakness and i said i got a great idea i'll be the designated driver and so (laughs) Uh, I was the designated driver down to Preakness and, you know, once we got down there, it was a fucking party. So I started drinking and stuff again, but didn't pick up cigarettes. <laughs> so I started drinking that day and then went back to drinking and uh, probably smoked weed still, but didn't smoke cigarettes again. And I used for another, I don't know, four or five months before I actually finally got clean. Um, but that was like the first time in my life that I felt like I had really tried 
every bit of willpower that I had to stop using. And then, you know, it's like one of those saying like willpower just didn't work. (laughs) And so, and and that's kind of where I'm at with this. So I, I have not vaped. Uh, I think the last bit of juice I had ran out Thanksgiving night around 7 p.m. Um, And since then, I've been committed uh, at least like a week now. No, at least a week and a half. A week before I even stopped. I was committed that when that juice ran out, I was quitting. Hell or high water, it was just what I was going to do. Mentally committed to that fact, right? Ever since I've stopped, I've had these thoughts throughout the day. Man, you should just go buy one of those stupid little vapes at you know, Royal Farms or Wawa and just take a hit or two, right? You should go get a black and mild and just smoke one of them. That's a little different. That's not the same thing, right? Something different. I'm like bored. I don't know why the fucking bored. I got a billion things I could be doing that are useful, but I'm not going to do them, right? I'm just sitting around my house. I'm like, I fucking do this all day long, every day for the last 25 years. I don't like not doing it. I want to do it. I think it's enjoyable. This is all the shit I'm telling myself. And I, and I buy into most of it, right? Yeah. Until I start that, my brain starts that whole life's just not fun without it because that rhetoric sounds way too much like what I believed about drugs. And I don't believe that shit anymore. Right. So that's the one that keeps, keeps me tied in. Every time I hear that one go through my head, I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Let me just hang on a little longer. Right. And I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I am fucking miserable without vaping. I have no idea. I know I am today. Will I be in a month? I hope not. I'm hoping that it goes away, but I'm just not going to do it no matter how many thoughts tell me I should. That's where I'm at right now. I don't know what the fuck else to do, but it it brings up the question because everything else I've quit in my life, I never made the commitment to quit it and quit it. I had some awful, horrible, terrible life consequences (laughs) that led me to a point of like, dear God, remove this from me, please. Right? Like I just fuck, you got to fucking take this from me. I'm, I'm lost. I'm going crazy. And that's not where I'm at today. I'm not lost or going crazy. I'm making a decision and it feels so much fucking different. Like all the other stuff, I was happy to be rid of those at, by the time I got there. I'm not happy to be rid of this. And this is fucking difficult for me. And I don't like it. Yeah. Well, maybe that's getting wiser in your older age. You know, maybe. we there's always a saying that I heard and I, I always liked it said, smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from other people's mistakes. And that's kind of, you know, do I need to, and early in my life, like, yes, I needed to have all the same fucking negative consequences that I watched all the other addicts around me have before right. I finally said, hey, could it really be drugs that are my pro? <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, nowadays in my life, like with smoking or, or vaping or any of that stuff, like I feel that way. I'm like, it's been 20 years since I've smoked cigarettes or, you know, and I never vaped. That wasn't even a thing 20 years ago. So, and I don't miss it at all. In fact, now I look back on it like that's a pretty disgusting habit. Um, And I try, I don't place that judgment on people that smoke. I just see it and I'm like, oh, how can you be so, I don't want to say stupid, but how can you be so unintelligent about your personal health? Like, how can you care so little about yourself and your body that you would (laughs) smoke cigarettes um and me personally i just put vaping right into that like it's the same obviously we can make all kinds of you know quote unquote you know comparisons to justify that it's better and all that i'm like i don't know they you know what did they tell you 40 years ago about cigarettes you know it was the same thing they just didn't know the damage or now maybe they did know the damage and they lied to us about it or whatever but it's like we know the negative effects 
you know, we see these people getting sick and dying and all you hear vape defenders say is, well, it was this chemical and they were doing that. And it's the THC ones. And it's not the, and it's like, okay, <laughs> like right. sitting on the outside of somebody that doesn't vape. Like if you told me there was even a chance that I could have like a collapsing lung disease and go into the hospital at any moment from doing this thing. And they think they know it might be on some chemical, but they're not really sure. Like the smart person would not do it (laughs) the the smart decision would be to not take the health risk no i hear you i hear you um i think i always i never looked at vaping as like hey this is like eating my vegetables it was definitely a hey this seems way less dangerous and intrusive than smoking cigarettes right i truly used it uh in the fact of quitting cigarettes to vape like it wasn't a hey let me pick up vaping because it seems cool it was a I've never been able to quit smoking and this thing actually worked for me. So I, I will defend it as a, uh, a quitting cigarettes mechanism. I think it's great for that. I, I think it works. I think it's a good replacement habit. I know that's not really the answer long-term, yeah. but it did work a lot for me. And I've found that putting it down has been easier than any time I've put down cigarettes. Um, and that's something I did notice while I was vaping, too. I could go longer periods without the problems. Like cigarettes, man, I was having one every half an hour, and you weren't fucking standing in my way. <laughs> right. Like, God, I'd, you know, I'd sit on the, I'd buy the plane ticket that was on top of the plane just to fucking smoke while we were riding. Um, vaping, it didn't bother me like that. I could go five or six hours and not think nothing of it if I had to. Uh, and so I did look at it as definitely different and it's been around for, I don't exactly know. I know it's been around for at least 10 years in some form or another. People didn't really start getting sick and dying until real recently, which tells me that it's not so much the vape in itself that's doing that. There is some particular thing that whatever they're trying to do now with it, that's making it fucked up. Um, but either way, like, I just want to feel... I don't want to be in prison, right? Like that's the goal of being free and, and, and in recovery is to try to limit the amount of prisons I got to be in. Like, I guess I'm always going to be in some, but this is another one I don't want to have. So as a person who, for me personally, like one of the great things I think all the time about not smoking is like how much fucking money I've saved over the years of not smoking. And we had, kind of talk before the podcast today a little bit about money like how do you justify that expense like do you compare that expense to say fast food or eating out or is that <laughs> like no, oh this is me this is my thing so it's okay you know? yeah no that's a necessity i'm vaping i can't stop that shit that's just built into the money <laughs> no no you're right you're absolutely right um it was it definitely was cheaper than smoking um, I'll give it that, but yeah, that is another thing that I will be saving money on from now. I don't know if my wife's is cheaper than smoking. God, we buy them vape things are fucking $18 a pack. And I swear she goes through a pack every two days. <laughs> she's, she's on that, that high, you know, that high tech shit. I'm, I was on some old fashioned stuff. Yeah. She I don't know. It seems very expensive. And, and I still throw that up to her all the time. Like, this is so expensive. Like, right. why don't you quit? <laughs> Think I just, of how much money we could <laughs> I think where I'm at, and look, I, I even, you know, going into this quitting, I, I made a list of all the things that piss me off about vaping. It's like, there are things that bother me. My fucking windows in my car get all stupid, and I got to clean them, like, real regularly. Really? Like, every I week. didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, my God. It fucking annoys the piss out of me, right? That's one of the 
things I'm happiest about is I'm going to clean them one more time and I'm done. Like I don't have to clean them all the time. Um, sometimes juice gets in your mouth. You know, I had to charge them pretty frequently. It was like a whole lot of shit that got on my nerves. I guess I just at this point wish there was some fun replacement behavior. Like, huh. is there some fucking cool thing I can do now that I'm not, you know, vaping this neat flavor into my mouth 80,000 times a day? What the fuck can I do? Like, I, <laughs> just want to do something. <laughs> well, I didn't think about it from replacements, but I thought when I quit smoking, I did all the tricks that they told you to do. Like I carried gum, like a big pack of gum, yeah. and I would chew gum, and I don't chew gum anymore because I think it's kind of an obnoxious thing. <laughs> but like it was at the time, like say it's it was better than smoking, you right. know. So I also did a thing where uh, it was like the negative reinforcement. So I took a uh, rubber band and kept it around my wrist. And anytime I would want to smoke or think about smoking, I would sit there and just snap it on my wrist. Not overly hard, but just <laughs> enough to make it irritating and annoying. Wow. And it was like, uh, it was supposed to be like a, like a negative reinforcement, almost right. like a little electrical charge. Like, Hey, this is a negative thought. This is a, not a good thing. And, right. uh, I, I, I don't know. I didn't smoke anymore. So I guess it worked or helped. <laughs> and I don't have a positive view of, smoking <laughs> so, so i don't know those are little tricks that helped me get through that initial i mean i know with me with cigarettes like and this is what i would always talk to my wife about like she would quit for a week or two and be like oh this is still fucking hard i'm like yeah it's gonna be hard for a while like it took me i bet you it was two months before i was pretty comfortable not smoking just not smoking and i still thought about it a lot right. and it was probably six months to a year before it was like oh i don't even think about it anymore wow um, but now it's been so long like i don't even it, like to look at it and think wow that's such a terrible thing like i can't believe i ever even did that to myself <laughs> <laughs> like shooting drugs you know it's like well, right. i can't even fucking believe that i would do that to myself like the only so i used chanix twice during my smoking <clears throat> career which was a bad fucking idea for me I jen had a horrible experience yeah, with Chantex me too, too. <laughs> me too uh so both times and i worked in construction at the time and both times i would end up like on the 13th floor of a building we were building that had the sides wide open and i would be like five feet from the edge just thinking eh, i could just fucking walk off who cares right <laughs> yeah. and i'm like what the fuck why do i that's great so i had to stop and then i would so both times I got about 30 days without smoking before I ended up going back to smoking. And I, I never experienced the peace of like, I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. smoke no more. And so that's going to be the tricky part. Like this is fucking day three, right? And it <laughs> yeah, sucks. And I'm hoping part. it gets a little better than that. You least. never have to go through this again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, look, the physical withdrawal symptoms are not bad, but you can yeah. see, you know, I'm sure Billy can see sitting across from me. I'm like fidgety as fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm usually fidgety anyway, but this is ridiculous. I can just, I don't know, man. I, I just wish there was, I do have the gum. I do have gum. I chew gum. I'm not going to chew while we're talking on the <laughs> podcast, but I'm doing that. And I, and I have looked at like, uh, not so much as a, you know, snap my wrist with a rubber band, but just more of a, every time I think about vaping, use that as a reminder to talk to my higher power, right? Try to turn a negative into a positive. And so I have been doing that a little bit. And it's just like, I, I know I'm like done with my family. Fuck them. They're getting on my nerves. I'm, I'm just done with everything. And I, I am mad that I have to stop. I guess I don't have to, I'm choosing to, but it's like, why can't there be fun shit sometimes? Why can't you just have some shit that's not good for you and not good for anything? You just do it, right? But Yeah, but this is like, and I, I applaud you. Like, I look at the whole thing as like, 
this is a you know practical application like spiritual principles in action hmm. of like i want to do something that i'm going to say i know is bad or wrong or unhealthy for myself but i'm making a conscious choice not to go with that impulsive decision right. and i'm going to practice these principles of commitment and self-love and perseverance right and you know patience and right. and all these things to try to get through you know satisfying that you know, self-centered, self-serving craving, because that's really what it is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are rewards to that. Like, and that's how, for me personally, like, that's how I've learned to practice a lot of these spiritual principles. It's not like they just came all naturally and it was great and fun, you know, to practice forgiveness. Like there was, you know, it's, it's an active thing of like, you know, God, fuck that motherfucker. Like, I just want to stab him in their neck, you know, like, but then go like, and, and saying that in my head and then t the, the countering to that of being like, no, you know, I've made a decision that I'm going to let this go. I'm going to turn right. this over to the universe and I'm not going to carry that anger. And I'm making the decision just right now, just in this moment that I'm going to let that go. And I'm not going to give in to that anger and trying to let those thoughts go and not feed into them. And it's the same thing. It's, you know, like making that positive negative inventory. Why am I making this decision? Do the positives really outweigh the negatives? I mean, fuck it. If the negatives outweigh the positives, then fuck it. Go back to vaping, right. you know, make the list and see where you, you fall. See, that's tricky though. Cause am I only coming up with positives and negatives? I feel like that's based on what I really want to do. So like I could very easily make vaping sound like it's the better option and ignore all the actual positives that, that might be there. If that's what I want. And I don't, I don't even know if that's a good enough reason to go back just because I want to, I want to already. I know that. Right. But I'm hoping that there will come a day through not doing it, that it won't seem like the thing to do anymore. Yeah. I think if I made a positive negative inventory right now, that'd be fucking shaky. I might go get one. Right. And I don't want to. Well, your values have to fall in there too. Like it doesn't just matter which side of the list is longer. It matters which of your <laughs> values are more important. You know what I right. mean? Like I can rattle off, you know, 15 reasons why smoking weed could be good for me, but it doesn't outweigh the few of the negative things that I feel like those are way more important values. You know, for me, like my present, like how present I am with my kids and with my family on a daily basis mm. outweighs 10 justifications to go smoke pot. You know, <laughs> like it's that one thing carries way more weight. So I have to look at the values that go into that list, too. It can't just be a list of counting up the tallies. It's got to right. be a list of where my values are in that list. <sighs> I don't know. I just want the <laughs> day to fucking come where I don't feel like I'm missing it anymore. Yeah. That's going to be a nice day. Right? It will. Yeah. It is there. It will happen. I believe that. Or <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be sitting there yeah. if I didn't believe it, right? That's the hope, right? Just like addiction. It's the hope. It can happen for you too. Yeah. It will happen for you too. That one day I'll be at like lunchtime and be like, oh, I didn't even think about vaping yet today. That's crazy. It'll be that fucking, that same miracle that happened with, with using. Yeah. Right. I just didn't realize one day that I hadn't thought about it. And then after a while, you can become a self-righteous prick like me and go, look yes. at those fucking people vaping with their fucking kids in the car. What an asshole. Dude, <laughs> I definitely, I couldn't wait to quit smoking and be that self-righteous. <laughs> right. Honestly, I was like, God, that shit stinks, right? I love you, but that shit stinks. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, I might be there with vaping too. I, but I never I, thought about. It. I tend to do it more. I, I, I joke about that. I try to do it more. Like I just, for me, I still remind myself of the money. Like man, the money. Like because even when I smoked, cigarettes were not whatever they are now. Seven dollars a pack. I think they were probably twenty years ago, probably three or four dollars a pack. I think they were still less than five. Um, yeah. You could get cartons for like 50 bucks, I think. So, you know, 45, 50 bucks. So what's that? $5 a pack. Now they're, I think they're twice that. It's crazy. But, you know, I just remind myself like over those years, you know, I got to reinforce some of those positive decisions because a lot of my friends vape and I think, oh, that looks cool and it's all healthy. And I'm like, nah, I'm not, you know, I just. I'm not going to go down that road. It's not worth it. Like, you have to not... vape the CBD oil. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Two birds and one stone right. there. Now I'll just vape CBD oil and, you know, right. see if that helps my anxiety. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have learned that a value for me is I care about my body and my health. And I don't just want to get old, you know, for the sake of being old. I want to be healthy into my old age and, you know, it's a big value for me. Like if I'm 80 and somebody's pushing me around in a wheelchair and I can't fucking walk up the steps, then I don't want to be 80. You know, I'll die hmm. at 75. See, I'm um, all right with that one. But I, I interesting you bring this up. I'm having a lot of this in my life lately. Um, so my my wife's grandmother is 92, I believe. And she does not seem happy. Never yeah. with life like the, she's always in pain she's always uncomfortable she can't really do much of anything she doesn't really leave her her house and it's just like why right and not for her i'm not like why, why is that bitch still living like <laughs> yeah, no it's right. not like that i just yeah even her like so she's in an in-law suite um at, at my mother's parents house and but she'll come over sometimes and it's like it's a, a huge effort and day of work for her to make it from one side of the house to the other with her walker. Right. And the other part is that like, there's the constant fear of, Oh my God, is she going to trip over something and die? Or like right here, right now, like this is scary. Right. But she makes this noise when she's doing any effort or any exertion. And it's like, it, it sounds like a noise of somebody that's, you know, close to death. And I'm just like, I don't want to be to a point where I can't fucking leave my house. Right. I don't want to be to a point where I'm no longer able to live. And then, so I, we go and we see my mother recently and she's talking about, you know, her oldest remaining sibling is pretty much losing their mind too. And I'm just like, I, I just don't fucking think I want that. Like, I, I don't think I want to live to be old enough to where I'm not here anymore. That yeah. doesn't sound interesting. I definitely don't. And I, I saw this. So when I first met my wife, her dad was, I think he was in his seventies and uh, he was in a wheelchair. He had diabetes. They had cut off his leg from the knee down. Mm. And then he had uh, some heart issues and had a, you know, whole bucket full of pills that he took every day. And, you know, just couldn't do a lot for himself. And we kind of lived there and helped to take care of him, helped to take care of the house and all these things. And he would say things like that, like my life is over and I'm just ready for this one to be over. And I would think like, oh, my God, Nick, why would you say those things like that's so terrible? You know, you, right. and I didn't get it at the time. So learning about him a little bit. So he had the house that we were living in. It was his house. He 
he actually built that house himself hmm. from the ground up. You know, he was given some property when he married my wife's mother and built a house on it himself and did all the work and laid the brick and built the roof and, you know, all that stuff. Right. And that's the kind of person that he was very self-sufficient, very, you know, capable physically of, of doing hard work. And he worked in a, I think a mushroom plant for most of his life. And, you know, he, he just was a hard worker, physical labor type person and enjoyed doing that kind of stuff, really liked it. And so to be stuck in a chair where he couldn't really even do certain things for himself was like, I would say, I'm going to use my own words, but I'd say a little bit humiliating, a little bit, mm. you know, and it took a lot away from his life. And um, I didn't understand why he would not want to be alive there but now in my life i totally get it <laughs> you know right. like i totally get it and i watched the opposite so my mom was the opposite she had copd and she like hung on and fought death to the very last minute um mostly because she was scared of death she had an incredible amount of fear over dying and uh that was tough to watch there was times because her health was so bad. I mean, like you talk about, she couldn't even get up and walk across a room with a walker, you know, let alone like eat or talk. Like she was to the point where she would talk and you didn't even know what she was saying. And, and it was really tough to watch. And there were times I think both my sister and I just sort of thought, why don't we just like quadruple her medication and let her just go to sleep? Um, because of the level of suffering and she, but she wouldn't let go because of fear. So that was yeah. really tough to watch too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not an easy topic or, or I'm look, I might very well feel very fucking different when I'm, you know, 75 yeah, right. and people are like, Hey, why don't you just die off? That's what you said her before. Right? <laughs> right. I just, I, I don't know, man, I want to be here. And if I can't be fully here. Right. And, and I'm look, I can be in a limited mobile capacity i think i think i can tolerate that i want my whole brain working um i feel like there's something i can do with that even if i can't get around like a wheelchair okay uh, all right maybe i gotta wheel myself around but i can wheel myself somewhere and do something useful with my brain i feel like that's the important part of me anyway i'm praying for technology come on technology put let's my brain fucking, in a jar yeah let's use all this yes. science and ai for fucking health let's stop you know, creating algorithms to generate fucking advertising for Google, and let's start yeah. focusing on uh, let's start focusing on healthcare. God damn it! I don't <laughs> like, know, man. I don't know. So I just I get the feeling that they could like find a way to put a brain in a machine and it would live forever, and they wouldn't choose my brain. They'd choose some rich idiot's brain, like Trump or something, and he'd be fucking living forever with his wonderful, you know greatness i saw ray kurt you know ray kurzweil and some of his craziness he's a technology sci-fi thinker guy and right. he says a lot of that we can upload our brains into computers and stay living indefinitely you know yeah. in a, but it'll only be the rich idiots that do it yeah well and i have some <laughs> other get to participate opinions i think you know when you look at consciousness consciousness actually extends out through your physical body you right. know and things like that so whatever but it's just it's fun to hear you know people just theorize and pontificate on all that shit i find it fascinating 
I truly think 70 years of me is probably enough for the world. I don't think they need any more of me. That's probably plenty. But just think, if you with. had your brain in a robot body, then you could vape all the fuck you wanted and there wouldn't be any negative consequences. It probably still would. It would cigarettes. probably fucking like rust the inside of the fucking robot or something. Yeah, right. God, damn it. it would ruin it. Yeah, it would be funny more. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know. What the fuck did we talk about today? Anxiety? Vaping? Yeah. I have no clue. Death? Sort of. Death, anxiety, <laughs> and vaping. I don't know how the hell that went together, but whatever. Uh, you got anything else? No, I think I'm talked out. Yeah, I am too. It's been a rough week. Hopefully yes. next week I'm feeling better from not vaping. And, and, and definitely, hopefully next week I have still not vaped because that <laughs> yeah. would be fucking terrible. Yeah. Now we're on the countdown. Day three. Day three. Next week will be day ten. I, I need to. That just sounds shitty, though. I need like day a hundred or just something. Just for today. Just for today. One day at a time. I'm not going <laughs> to vape, guys. All right. Uh, I guess we'll see you sometime in the near future. That wraps up this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your preferred platform. If you have ideas for topics you'd like us to talk about, or just want to add an opinion, contact us through Anchor. Email us at recoverysortof at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at recoverysortof.